Welcome back, tag team listeners. My name is J.W. Crewall, and I am here with Riley Holbert, two regional champions on one podcast. Absolutely unbelievable. Where else can you find that? Riley, how are you doing today? I know that you are not in Wisconsin, so why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are today? Yeah, I'm just uh, you know traveling for work again. This time I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, a little less warm than California, which is where I usually travel to, but has fun in its own ways. I got some really good food, had some cool sights out on the lakes. It looks pretty beautiful right now, honestly, when it's a little bit icy, but not quite fully iced over yet. So it's been interesting. It's been interesting, but I'm happy to, that I'm going to get to go home. I've been kind of traveling for the last couple of weeks and I just want to be with my cats in my bed. <laughs> that is very, who watches your cats? Um, I will come home between trips and just feed them and leave them food. And really? So you to... get, how long can you be gone and they'll be fine? Like three days or something? I am confident for like up to four days after that, I would find a cat sitter. Gotcha. Okay. Once their bowls start to like completely overflow is when <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> Well, here's a little fun fact, uh, you guys, is that Riley doesn't know his Great Lakes. That's a little trivia fact for the tag team listeners out there. (laughs) I I just don't think it's important to know them. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, you know, it just seems very obvious. There are only five of them. They come in a nice little uh, acronym. Or wait, what do you, how do you, how do you I feel like if you don't live next to a Great Lake, it's, you don't even learn that. You never learned about homes, bro? <laughs> I Maybe I did, but I wouldn't remember it because I didn't live next door. But one. you, well, you do. You're in Wisconsin. Wisconsin directly borders. Yeah, but not as a kid. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, Riley, for the sub. Pog. Pog. Awesome. <laughs> um, so... Today we have a we have a huge huge uh, list of things to go over. This is, you know, we're we're celebrating today, but this is marking approximately one year as a team of this podcast. How do you feel? Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, we kind of just we came up with the idea on a whim. I asked you right after I started my job in Wisconsin, like, Hey, you know, you're getting into this little streaming thing. I'm interested in doing content. I think we make a good team. <laughs> what, what do you think we could do together? And it's been fun. Like, you know, even from the get go, it was fun, like figuring out what that would look like and how we would develop that. And it's been fun, like going on that journey for the last year. Right. We've had some, uh, pretty, pretty good times i'd say in the last year and i'm excited i mean it it really feels like recently we've been picking up some uh steam and that's very fun it was cool i remember the the funniest thing and just like all the weird names that we were trying to come up with at the start of the show uh like what we were going to call ourselves for some reason i just remember you being very like hesitant about tag team and i was like man that seems like a really good idea i can't quite remember what your thoughts were to call us like what were we going to be called I honestly, I don't remember. I'm sure we could look back through Facebook messages and find it. Like the fighting dojo or something. <laughs> yeah, like locations was a big thing. Yeah. You know, like Pokemon teams, I'm sure came up. But uh, I thought I was the one who brought up tag team. Though. I thought that was my idea. No, bro, that was totally my idea. Are you sure? I swear. I swear. I feel like you're lying. No, I promise. I promise you. I was like, this would be perfect. Because I was the one who was like, oh, we could do all this like easy branding off of it. No, no chance. No chance. It was totally me first. I feel like you're lying. No, I'm not. I'm not not even. This isn't even me like trying to lie. Like if I am lying, I'm not trying to do it. I genuinely think that I, I was feel the one like I'm being gaslit that. and like being convinced <laughs> that I'm wrong. Well, I, I mean that that will be like our our mysterious like investigative, you know, CSI type style. Uh, maybe we'll bring that up next episode after we go through all the DMs. 
But no, I, I think it was me. Um, we'll just leave it at that, that I believe it was me, and uh, we'll move on <laughs> from there. But um, we've had, you know, just a lot of, a lot of great things that have happened in the, in the last year, and, and we'll get to those a little bit later. But first we should talk about the tournaments. We missed last week um of the cast and so you know obviously we're catching back up two weeks ago was the dallas regional championship and you know we saw a lot happen there obviously a deck that was very good in standard also lended itself extremely well to expanded that was roxy chomp and we saw hunter butler and a number of you know teammates or um people that had that deck list do pretty well in Dallas Um, another deck that saw significant success that was maybe a little bit of a surprise to me and I maybe not you but me more so uh, was Agrao my trusted Rala Executor Um, that deck just kind of I don't know if it came out of nowhere I just didn't really give it that much of a chance didn't think it would see that much play thought it kind of got steamrolled by new Darkless and uh, it ended up making two spots out of the top eight so that was pretty impressive there what were your thoughts from Dallas? I know you didn't have a chance to, you know, be on the ground there in Dallas, and, and you can talk a little bit about why you didn't end up going to Dallas. Uh, but what did you see with all the information that came out and through the stream? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I had to miss Dallas due to weather. I, I wish it was, like, a more interesting story, but really it came down to I got my flight canceled, and I tried to rebook it, but they – to route me basically in the same route that would just get me canceled at a later time in a different place so <laughs> so that's unfortunate yeah. but watching as a third party it was definitely interesting i mean it was it was kind of interesting especially because i felt like i was rooting for for tina chomp to be a good deck but i just didn't know how it would be a good deck sure and it was cool to see that like come to fruition and see like oh well you know i'm not a complete idiot on this there's right. something there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know besides that i mean you kind of hit the nail on the head like egg was kind of surprising i was oh yeah i did not expect it to do as well as it did but um it clearly hit some really good matchups and it's have a great matchup against that tina chomp deck for whatever that's worth so um but i think tina chomp was the real surpriser and then Trevnar Melodic made top eight, which was crazy. I Un- mean, unreal. Yeah, that's something I don't think anybody really expected, and probably not even Pablo really expected when he picked up the deck. <laughs> you <laughs> you, know, you think Pablo a... didn't expect to do that well with the deck? What's that? You didn't think you didn't think Pablo expected to do well with the deck? I uh, maybe he expected to do well, but I don't think he expected to like top eight. The I don't think you can possibly expect a top eight in an event. When you but if you have track. a deck that's that weird, you know, because I think like you look back and I saw I saw a screenshot. Hunter said to somebody, I think it was like Hunter to Pedro, and he's like, "Hey man, I think I have the best deck in format." You know what I mean? And it's like he ends up winning, you know? Yeah, but maybe right, that's crazy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> But just to say that somebody thought they had a good deck, surely, surely, if you're going to fly, you know, to him, well, maybe he drove, I don't know. I guess Mexico is pretty close to Texas. <laughs> but if you're going to go to Texas, oh, you know, if you're going to go to a you different know, country. Texas is massive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. Uh, but if you're going to go to a different country, I feel like you're going to bring your A game. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's such a, I don't want to say it's like, roll deck that kind of like lives in that realm right where there's like a lot of pieces that you need to hit and when they all work it's so insane yeah but if they don't then it's gets kind of rough or like the dark matchups can be kind of rough if you don't get your weakness policies at the right times or if yeah. they blower them yeah um so yeah i mean it's it's definitely cool though it's a super sick deck um and definitely one that can kind of be anything just by virtue of it's like handlock kind of strategy so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, besides that, though, I don't think there were, like, too many, like, huge surprises. I was not surprised to see Dark be so heavily played. And, and we actually had talked about Dark a lot leading into Dallas and how much it would be played. And 
whether or not people would be scared off of it or if the best players would play. It looked like a lot of great players were playing Dark, actually. And that was another big whiff, mostly on my part, where I kind of said, yes, Turbo Dark will be played, but I just felt that the top players would have some other choice. But that was where I kind of... I, I think that was probably the biggest whiff on my predictions uh, for the weekend, just that we did see pretty much all of the... Uh, you know, the top player testing group, that former DDG testing group, play Dark, and that was definitely not something I was thinking would happen. Yeah, I wasn't sure that they specifically would play Dark, but I definitely wasn't surprised to see it in the numbers that it saw and with the general player skill pool that it saw. Um, but I w the surprising thing to me was how little of a real conversion it had like mm -hmm. a lot of people were able to make day two with it but not a lot were able to do a lot in day two with it so sure i don't i don't think any made top eight there were not a ton in top 16 and it you know down from there like you know it's obviously still an achievement but it's not the kind of stuff that you know you're slamming onto your resume right away either sure. so it that was just a little odd to me i guess because i didn't feel like dark had terrible matchups either against any of the decks that really did well it's just pro i don't know if it was just like a little too inconsistent or too many pieces need to come together to make your matchups work mm -hmm. but it definitely got a little shut out at the end there which is usually symptomatic of a of not being as good of a deck as maybe originally thought sure sure that's a good analysis i think we were uh, pretty correct in our in our assessment of saying that like guardian would be good obviously you had two in top eight and one made it all the way to the finals uh we were also very correct in saying that stall would be a good play and there was just a ton of stall in uh varieties such as Shocklock, in the pure stall archetypes of john mustawi in things like um dolls with the reggie rock and you know different walls you know ninja boy <laughs> or wh whatever that is what's that a lot of like doll based stall decks yeah yeah so i i think that was that was really cool to uh to see we kind of knew okay stall is probably just good but um you know at least for me i just uh not that i didn't want to put in the time i maybe didn't have the time or was already kind of I was already kind of at that point on another deck, you know, I was really heavily leaning towards Mewtwo and just trying to figure out those matchups. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting to see that Mewtwo was a good call for the event for sure. Welcome tricky Jimmers. Uh, Mewtwo was a good call for the event. That's, you know, obviously the deck I ended up going with, but it would have had two top eights, uh, if not for a, uh, disqualification, by uh one of the players or wait it would have had one top eight if not for a disqualification <laughs> in any case it would have had pretty good representation in the top eight um sparring a disqualification that we saw uh, i think mewtwo was a was a solid choice had answers to a lot of the metagame but um had about the conversion rate that, that i think you would expect from it yo natalie thank you for the sub once again seven months in a row thank you so much um, heart flexed a one hog. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else that you uh, you were seeing from the uh, from the streams from the Dallas Regional? Honestly, I feel like besides the Tina Chom deck, there wasn't anything like hugely surprising. But it was really fun to watch. Um, I wish that Pokemon had streamed more of it than they did. Um, I did appreciate the the quality that went into the Pokemon streams and. They clearly had put effort into the rounds that they did stream, but it was unfortunate that we only got a couple rounds day one and the only the top eight onwards in day two. It made it hard to really track the storylines and and get a feel for how the tournament actually was on the ground when you're because you're getting such a limited perspective sure. of what it looked like. Sure. You know what round rounds one through three look so different than rounds seven, eight, nine. Right. Just to start with, and that also looks hugely different than you know top eight top four top two it's just like i wish i got to see some of those in between phases as the tournament's evolving and like the better players are rising up and and like winning in scenarios kind of thing so. i know those are like just some of the most um intense matches sure right. you have top eight but um a lot of those you know last round kind of almost feels like a winner take all um scenario Th those are just some of the most exciting right so like yeah i don't know i don't know if there's like 
a, a great answer there or like a, a catch-all solution to to fix that or if it's just limitation of pokemon's resources and they sure. they just simply can't devote the people for VC and tcg at the same time i'm hoping that it was just like part of this transitional phase and we get to see like more awesome pokemon streams because definitely it was a top-notch production when it was in right. full swing right right yeah uh, I think I think a lot of people would agree. I mean, we're just hoping that the, like you said, that they will have a dedicated TCG stream as well as a dedicated VGC stream that they will give both equal and full representation. Um, just I think they have just this golden opportunity here, um, particularly with VGC. But I think there's should be some sort of trickle down effect with sword and shield i i just think pokemon's in a really good place and i feel as do most of the player base that they should um try to milk that for all it's worth so good thoughts <laughs> there um moving on to the you know we kind of gave an overview of the top decks in dallas let's apply that now to sword and shield uh, just an overarching view of sword and shield what are like your top maybe th- give me three cards or five cards that you're really looking forward to and uh, we'll ask about, you know, in a, in a second, just how they kind of shape the metagame and what you expect the metagame to be like heading into Collinsville. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick five cards from the set, it would include a couple of trainers for sure. Um, to no surprise, Professor Magnolia or Professor's Research, as it's called in the States, yeah, would be one of those. Um, I mean, especially in a format with no VS Seekers and, and very limited supporter pool to start with being able to get that discard draw seven is so valuable and it makes decks feel so much smoother in a way that they didn't feel when you had to rely on hard draw like lily plus cynthia yeah it's just so much faster (laughs) you did a lot better i mean the supporters is great it's a good card so i'm excited to see that kind of effect return into the metagame additionally i think um you know the obvious pick of pokemon that are going to be good will be Zacian or Zacian, I don't know exactly the correct pronunciation. Zacian. But, but Sword Dog will be oh. phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah. It's a it's just a generally good card. I could see it definitely seeing play outside of metal decks just because that ability is really good going first or on turns where I'm attacking. But even besides that, it's obviously good in metal decks. It's does a lot of damage for fairly low energy cost sure. and it only gives up two prizes which is probably the most appealing aspect of it i, I was just gonna say that's that's probably the most busted it does this damage that can one shot most anything and yet still only gives up two prizes after having i don't know what a year and a half two years being dominated by these tag team pokemon that give up three prizes i'm just starting to like kind of feel the freshness already of this uh of this new format where we're going back reverting back to two prize uh attackers and two prize knockouts so it it feels pretty good there um give me some other give me some other cards uh and then after you're finished there give me talk to me a little bit about the expanded format with those cards and what you think changes um or if anything changes going into the next tournament yeah uh, so some other cards that catch my eye preliminarily in standard format i think there's some ret- potential with the more pico i like more pico a lot as a pokemon as well more pico v um so the idea of being able to like pivot around sounds really cool to me i think marnie is a great card in standard i don't think it'll translate to expanded as much mm-hmm. um but having it's a much harder disruption effect because you guarantee that your opponent won't see the cards unless they have a thin deck that they just had so right that's pretty interesting it it allows you to disrupt while also drawing um but in a way that you consistently draw a lot of cards without having to play crappy stuff like judge so i'm excited for that it sounds pretty cool mm-hmm. and i i think just there's like a lot of generally interesting stuff i think frost moth has a lot of potential as an archetype especially long term as we get more water cards to work with that's just kind of how it works with stuff like, you know, Blastoise and Frostmoth. The more cards there are to accelerate onto, the better the card gets over time. Sure. So 
you know, Blastoise is probably the strongest it's ever been. It's just so the other decks are so much stronger at this yeah. point that Blastoise has kind of fallen <laughs> off. Yeah, right. But make no mistake, Blastoise has the best pool of things to accelerate to that it's ever had. Mm-hmm. No doubt. <laughs> you know, and I'm th- I think Frostmoth will kind of get to that same place for like more water V cards or maybe a better V Max attacker. Yeah. Then Lapras V Max comes out, and all of a sudden it's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and I'm also randomly excited for Air Balloon. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yeah. You know, like Air Balloon is might as well be Floatstone in so many cases. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if your Pokemon has three plus retreat, it doesn't re- deserve to retreat for three in the first place. Honestly, <laughs> you know, like it didn't Floatstone earn it. Lose broken. some weight. Like Floatstone is ridiculously broken. Guys. Yeah. If you have three retreat, you you don't get to retreat for free, man. That's too much. That's too much. So that's like, the, that's I think weird. Air Balloon kind of hits it a little bit closer to where it should be. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. I, I like Air Balloon a lot for sure. Um, good stuff. All right. Well, let's. Uh, so those were a lot of cards that you ta- you spoke about. They all kind of have more impact in the standard format, I would say. We, we've been just talking about the. I think the cards that will make the most impact will make the most impact in the standard format, just because, like you said earlier, we've had such pitiful options for draw, for consistency ever since you know Nest Ball rotated. Ever since, right? Quick Ball being one you know, that I didn't even mention that's obviously going right. to completely change the game. Right exactly and I, um, I don't even think much needs to be said about it <laughs> sure sure so with with the reintroduction of a, of a pseudo nest ball with uh with uh you know uh, it, the introduction the reintroduction of a discard draw seven it, it's going to be way way better than it's been in terms of feeling like you're playing a deck that can draw through uh enough cards in a game but um those don't really apply that well into the expanded format we already have discard draw seven we already have um, arguably better ball search. We have, you know, Frostmoth is obsolete in a in a way and expanded because we already have Blastoise. So are there any cards that you're looking at um, from Sword and Shield that, that kind of port over a little bit better to expanded than they would to standard? Yeah, I mean, um, the unfortunate thing is that the base set of a lot of sets doesn't typically have the strongest cards that the set, the block will eventually have. Um, like really realistically, um, Sun and Moon didn't have a lot once Desujuai became less viable, but still, nevertheless, like I think, I think Frostmoth might actually have some potential as like sort of a more consistent evolution-based kind of one prize attacker water deck thing. I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of potential there, just um, for the fact that you don't have to use a supporter to get out your energy acceleration. Right, but Is you can also idea? lean a lot harder in into like one prizers and you know, because you can only accelerate into water types to start with. So you could right. go with like all water type one prizes and get like octillaries and play Brooklet Hills and get some, all sorts of like consistency kind of stuff going. I so I, there could be something there. I don't know, just like a random thought. Chinchino is probably the card that'll have the most impact in expanded alongside yeah, uh relax V Max, you know, both kind of both of those together kind of make this randomly Zork X <laughs> like Zork S deck that yeah, does yeah. a lot of damage with a bunch of Pokemon on the board. Yeah. Um, but Chinchino in general seems like it could be a great option in disruptive decks that don't need to ride as beating stuff for knockout. Sure. Um, sure. I mean, well, we, we kind of saw that with, but yeah. Chinchino draws the same amount of cards, level ball searchable. Winona searchable one prize yeah so i think that is the single most powerful card and expanded from sword and shield yeah i i I would agree there um we kind of saw there with um you know towards the end of of what what was that portland or whatever when people were trying to play the pidgeotto control um so i think it's just that's just better pidgey and expanded right since you know it's just the better pidgey um for that deck so you know, we lost a lot of control things with that most recent rotation or um, ban list. Who knows? They might be unbanning things. There have been little hints that they might unban things uh, due to the turn one supporter 
rule change. Yeah, uh, they're which, definitely making some little nudges there. Which is going to be huge. I mean, I would not be shocked to see something like Wally come back. That just makes a lot of sense. Hexmaniac, I think, still is too broken to unban, but something like Wally. Uh, maybe even Forest of Giant Plants, although that would you say be Wally, just beta. What? It's like almost filled with disgust. What? Like, something like Wally. Well, I just Wally is. I don't know, man. I never. Okay, so I feel Every like time you say Wally, it's just like dissatisfied. Well, I feel like you're either um, you're either a a tree lover or a tree hater. You're not like lukewarm on trees. You know, you're not lukewarm on Trevenant, right? So for me. I kind of hate it, not going to lie. Um, so I, Wally just, it brings back these repressed memories. <laughs> Wally. 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're mostly referring to Wally. Um, I th- There's like another supporter that came to mind, but Wally is definitely the most obvious choice. Sure. Sure. I mean, you could uh, potentially unban Maxis. I know that would probably be incorrect to do, but uh, no. if you... No. What's that? That's fine. You can leave Maxi's for sure. Leave Maxi's banned or unbanned? I'll leave it banned. Leave it banned. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, though, if if there's no potential to supporter or item lock on the first turn, potentially that could, you know, I could see how they would say, hey, we maybe uh, could unban. Obviously, that combo with the Omastar and or Kabutops is pretty strong uh, in Expanded, hence the banning. Um but yeah, you're you're saying here, Sanchino Snorlax maybe could be a viable option. Um, are there any decks, current decks, that get like buffs from the uh, from Sword and Shield base set? Mm, not a ton immediately comes to mind. Like, I guess the Keldeo V could see some play in like Blastoise decks, but Blastoise yep. decks don't really need any different attackers than they already have. Right. Um, I mean, Chichino could be slotted into stuff that needs like a little extra draw, but plays one prizers. Right. Other than that, I don't think a ton immediately comes to mind for existing decks that get buffed. Sure. I, I I just don't feel like it'll be a huge huge impact from Sword and Shield on the expanded format. At least that yeah. something that's obvious isn't there. Yeah, I could I could see something like Cramorant being um, somehow playable, maybe yeah, in an energy acceleration deck to like do snipes or something. Um, but you know, other than that, I, I don't see anything getting a real big buff from the current cards. I mean, you could see something like, and I've been thinking about this is like on the first turn in expanded, you want to make sure that if you're playing a, a turbo deck, something like Turbo Dark, that you have as much access to. Um, your Pokemon as possible. And so I think something like Quick Ball could make its way into Turbo Dark decks in like a two, maybe even a three count to just ensure that you have that turn one Dedene, that turn one uh, Shaman, you know, so you play your full count of Ultra Balls and then you supplement that with a few more, um, a few more of the Quick Balls. That, that was something I was thinking about. The biggest deck that I think we'll see just a ton of, um, or that I'm most excited to try out, I don't know if it'll see a lot of play, but is Zacian. I think that deck is great in standard, but also should be pretty good and expanded for almost the same exact reasons that it's very good in standard. <laughs> and we've seen that a lot recently where these decks that are good in standard are being ported over with minimal or just obvious changes. I'm thinking about Gardevoir Aromatis and the Roxy Chomp specifically. And so I think Zacian, you know, people have been testing it in standard. It's looking to be one of the tier one decks, maybe a, an S tier deck. I think that lends itself very well, considering it's two prizes, has just massive damage output potential. Uh, I think it just por- uh, ports over very well into expanded. Right, and you, you do get access to Max Elixir as well, alongside your Metal Saucers to consistently get that sucker powered up and swinging for 230 yep. the only problem i have is you know it's capped at like 260 max and sure. i well, guess you could do other mods to like get it a little higher but yeah like 260 is the immediate max with the choice band sure so it's just like it's a little bit low to be stuck at although that might that might be enough i don't know you ko dark you only give it two prizes 
So, I mean, that might be that might be great in the end, actually. I don't know. I guess it's something that would require some testing. Yeah, obviously, and if figuring it... out like the partner as well. Sure, I, sure. You know, I mean, you, you it, it's definitely right, <laughs> right, right. I think you could get away with that in standard of like literally just playing those four. Um, but in expanded, yeah, you need something to supplement, something to uh, give you just a little bit of um, of I don't know oomph, I guess a little bit more oomph for a little bit of maybe. Um, what am I trying to say? Give you a little bit of disruption or something, something extra, something extra, some spice. Sprinkle right. a little salt I and pepper it would on there. Come down to like, do you want to play damage supplementing Pokemon like, like Delmize and or, and or Galarian Berserker? Like, I don't know, maybe play a bunch of both and Skyfields and just like try just to go see ham. Just see how much that you would can be do. like actually hilarious. So just, yeah. Um, or maybe you play like a more disruptive kind of strategy with something like Garbodor and, and you know just play one of those classic like consistent three energy attacker plus Garbodor <laughs> kind of decks right <laughs> which have literally been a thing since Garbodor was printed I, I know it's crazy it's just the big boys you just slap them with garb and you got a deck I mean it's like literally like if you want to start playing Pokemon in expanded I feel like everybody's gone through that phase where they've played that style deck. Garbodor Plus, you know, it's just, it's so strong. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, another card that I just want to mention for me personally in Expanded, uh, it's a disruption supporter, but the Team Yell, uh, I don't know, Grunt Team Yell fan or whatever it is, where it just makes your opponent pick up an energy. I mean, I think that should see some type of play. I, I like it in the fact that it doesn't, um, that it doesn't, need to it doesn't necessitate a discard right so it's not like plumeria where you have to discard um, and it doesn't automatically only work on special energy uh, but it still has the you know uh, the 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 effect of removing an opponent's attachment for their turn which for some decks is really all you need preventing them from attaching those two energies i'm thinking of a deck like mewtwo where it's Aside from using Jirachi's atta first attack, it's hard to accelerate multiple energies onto it in a turn. And so just being able to return that energy to their hand can, um, uh, you know, can, can do wonders for, for what you're able to do in terms of disruption. I, I think that card should see a, some play, maybe just install decks, but um, I like that right. card a lot. So you know, the, I oh, think yeah. the single thing that'll impact Expanded the most, and sorry for interrupting you a little bit, would be the new first turn rule like yeah you know that yeah. that seems more impactful than all the sword and shield set cards combined yeah absolutely are there any um are there any archetypes that you think completely die out because of the first turn rule i think about archie's archie's probably dead Pro i'm not saying for sure probably dead we have a very viable replacement in Frostmoth that you can just evolve manually, and we talked about that a little bit earlier. Any other archetypes that you just see become unviable because of the turn one supporter rule? Um, I think Archie's is probably the one that is the most immediately, obviously, unviable. I think there are some cards and decks that actually kind of benefit from it in a weird way because they can go second and, like, take advantage of disruptive strategies. So I think, like... Eggrow is a deck that really benefits now from being able to go second and just get item lock up. And so now your opponent couldn't play a supporter their first turn and can't play items the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of silly. And uh, similarly, we saw Jolly Flying Man call out in chat. Like, if you go second and use Horror House GX, your opponent has now not played a supporter their first turn and can't play any cards in their hand their second turn. <laughs> and so you. You just get like a ridiculous amount of time to do whatever you want with them yeah and you know it's just scary man there's like crazy stuff going on yeah uh, i think archie's is the deck that that's going to struggle the most because you basically get in this weird situation where if you lose the coin flip your opponent will choose to go second and you lose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you win the coin flip and you don't get it out half the time so you lose 75 percent of your games off for it <laughs> Yeah, seems uh, seems bad, dude. Seems bad. <laughs> so losing seventy five off rip, <laughs> and then having to play that last twenty five percent of games out for a chance to win, which you'll probably lose anyway. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
What the so heck? Archie becomes like a 10% win rate deck. <laughs> <laughs> it seems horrible. It seems horrible. Yeah, I think plenty of other decks could like power through it at least a little bit. Right. But that is just really unfortunate for <laughs> Right, right. It just it's not looking good for our hero, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Jason Jason says here, don't forget we have the Meowth that can search out the Berserker, so you don't even need to include any evolution search cards. So I, I do want to bring that up, and I don't know if you know about this card, Riley, uh, but there's a Berserker that, or excuse me, a Galarian Meowth that has an evolutionary roar ability. It says once per turn, you may discard two cards from your hand. If you do, search your deck for a Galarian Berserker, reveal it, and put it into your hand. So theoretically, you play that uh, in an expanded deck with Execute, and then you just get down your four... Um, or three or whatever you can get down your meowths and evolve them for free uh with the eggs i i don't know if that meowth is out yet i know it was part of a bonus it is out i don't think it is yeah i i don't believe it's out so i don't know when that strategy will work i believe it was a japanese like mini set that was included in one of their you know uh zation zamazenta boxes but um i don't believe we have that when we do get that though look for that card to uh you know really buff any of the metal type uh decks and expand it. i'm excited for metal to make a comeback potentially potentially so moving on here that was a good cursory overview of the expanded format uh we kind of touched on some of the top decks that we uh, think are going to be buffed by the sword and shield cards and rule change moving over to standard now We've done. We've seen a lot more content created about the standard sword and shield format. I think primarily of Andrew's Tricky Gym channel, but certainly there have been others. What are some of the decks that you're seeing emerging as serious contenders, as you know, tier one decks in the standard format? I think Pikaram is an obvious top contender in this format. It has some matchups amongst other top decks that it might struggle with, but kind of can really take down a lot of these other decks. So, you know, Frostmoth decks, Muse 2 decks that don't play the Malamar. Um, a lot of these, like, slower decks, Picaram can just run over them. Yep. And uh, that's really strong. The deck's really fast now. Quick Ball was the exact card I think Picaram was looking for to really just push it over. And I guess Tapu Koko V as well, but that feels almost unimportant compared to Quick Ball. Yeah. Uh, being able to search out the V, or ta- sorry, the Coco Prism, while also discarding a card. So, you know, that precious energy card hitting the discard pile. Yeah. You know, it can't be B. In addition, you can get out Jirachis more consistently. It just, it seems crazy, man. Yeah, that seems, seems good. So good. Seems good. And any other, any other decks that, that I think at? my favorite deck right now is going to be ADP with Zacian. Okay. Um, I think that deck just has a lot of like really strong options available to it because you have the GX attack on your ADP, you get your Zacian out, you're doing a lot of damage. You got Mal and Lanus, like switch your Zacian to both reset the attack and to heal. You, got, you can use frying pans. You can do all sorts of like cool, crazy stuff. And it, it, that seems really strong to me as well. That's probably the deck I'd want to play the most, especially because I'm really, really fond of Zacian's ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even outside the first turn, like you can just use it to set up multiple threats in ways that you wouldn't expect. It's just a great card. It's a fantastic card. Yeah. And it, and it really, um, it really promotes going ahead, right? Because if your opponent reset stamps you and they're significantly significantly behind, you can spend a turn or two just drawing three or accelerating to your bench, uh, which are both great. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact, why do you get to keep the cards? Man? I'm so broken. <laughs> what the heck? You get to keep them. <laughs> it would be it would be a pretty good ability if it was even just one or the other. But the fact that it like could be both or has the potential to be both is just so strong. Yeah, on a basic Pokemon. On a basic, yeah. On a not to be overstated. On a basic with 220 health that can one shot, you know, most of the format. That's that's wild. Yeah. So the one other deck that I think is getting some fair hype that I still have my own questions about is Malamar Mewtwo, Mm -hmm. and I to me I'm a little confused why people didn't 
come to this deck sooner, like in standard, because it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it's better in Sword and Shield just because you have um, Professor's Research, you have Marnie, you have Quick Ball, which are all great for the deck. Uh, Air Balloon also great, but still, it's like the attacker line is all stuff that's existed before, right? Um, and I guess we did see some success at the very tail of this format in the regional in Brazil. Uh, I think it was last weekend. Mm-hmm. They, the Malamar Mewtwo deck actually made the finals. So I mean, I guess the idea has potential. I want to see it a little bit more before I pass judgment on it. I think really it comes down to Trevnoir being a good card, sure. Than it does to like Mewtwo actually being the archetype. It's more like Trevnoir and Gengar Mimikyu are really strong together. We saw that in Expanded as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Malamar is what makes it work in Standard. So. I think Mewtwo is just a cog in the machine that is Trevnoir and <laughs> Gengar Mimikyu. I like, didn't want to be here, but the mob of Trevnoir and, and Gengar Mimikyu has just like caught it and f- enslaved the Mewtwo. I mean, Mewtwo is no slouch when it comes to enslavement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So... Ever, ever seen the first Pokemon movie? <laughs> I, they're remaking it. It was so good. They're They're doing it again. <laughs> yeah but I think and i'm gonna cry i i swear week. riley i'm gonna cry just as hard this time i don't think i'll cry as hard to be honest really but if you so. bro if you see it with your boys you might cry that's true well i'm, I'm kind of always just like sobbing around the boys <laughs> just overwhelmed with emotion uh, fair enough <laughs> but i think those are my top three decks right now those are the ones i would look at first the ones that I would uh, try and get my hands on, start testing with, yeah. start testing against, because they're almost certainly going to be the most popular. Yes. yes. Um, and I just think they'll also sound like a lot of fun, too. Sure. Couldn't agree more with your top decks. Are there any, like, tier two or three decks that you want to put some time into, but maybe don't know where to begin or just, you know, haven't you know put together any deck lists because they're all in your brain because you don't have the physical cards? Uh, one thing that comes to mind for me is just grass. I I have a I feeling grass too. <laughs> I, I have a feeling Rillaboom is going to be good. I, I just really like the effect, and I think you probably just play it with uh, the Alolan Executor line. Um, Alolan Executor just with Rowlet or whatever, the, the tag team, is just a big, beefy boy. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> no, I, I just – it's a lot of syllables to say. Rowlet and Alolan Executor. It's just like, what, nine <laughs> syllables or something. Just... Well, you said Alolan Executor with his, you know, with his partner Rowlet or whatever. That's so <laughs> many more syllables. <laughs> okay, fair enough. My tiny pea brain can't handle <laughs> both Pokemon being on a single card. But anyway, I think that I think that uh, that card paired with Rillaboom has some potential to be good. We kind of saw um i say we i I don't know if you've seen this but uh, i saw some like grass decks performing decently well towards the end of the format i mean people were not that they were winning cups but certainly topping with with you know grass of various varieties considering the decline of fire and i i think fire just still stays pretty poopy except for mewtwo i think the the first uh turn uh rule change really hurts that in standard anything like abilities are um and so you know maybe there's potential again for grass uh especially now with this this amazing accelerator that grass really hasn't had yeah i wish it had a sorola sure you know another deck that chat just reminded me of that i also think is a top contender is baby blondes Mm. with lucky egg thank you chat i think Brady Botner and I have talked about this a lot, but Lucky Egg just pushes that deck so far. It's actually ridiculous. Because what when you think of Baby Blounds and like its weakness as a deck, yeah, you think about reset stamp and having difficulty consistently trading. Yeah, you know when at least when you're not playing Malamar, right? Like Malamar can trade in the Baby Cephalon at least evenly, whereas these three prize tag team decks, two prize GX decks, and V decks are trying to like well i hope that the baby blonde doesn't get an attack off this turn for a yeah. knockout yeah <laughs> and for for gx 
tag team decks. They're like, well, I hope you don't get a knockout for this turn and the next turn. Right. And probably one more turn after that. So, right. <laughs> so reset stamp is the key there. But then if you're playing Lucky Egg, you have to knock out the guy eventually. There's no real tool removal besides Dangerous Drill. <laughs> <laughs> Which people were playing. So what, the wild just draws to seven? Yeah, so what What then? I guess you play Lysander Labs? I don't know, man. It seems crazy. <laughs> it seems crazy. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. Blounds should be very good with the lucky egg. I think that's a that's a cute card for that uh, for that archetype. It, I, I would imagine that that um, that baby blondes deck is probably the best deck to play lucky egg, as I I feel like it'll be the only uh, or maybe one of the only one prize non evolution style decks. So look for the lucky egg to make an impact in that deck. Any other kind of rogue ideas that you have? We have one question here in the chat about Obstagoon Sableye. Any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on kind of your own uh, concoctions that you're thinking of uh, bringing to light? Yeah, I I don't like that as much just because I don't know if there's a way to really get it up and going in the way you need to. Um, this format looks to be pretty fast, so... And getting an Obstagoon out takes three turns or two with a rare candy. Yeah. Even that, that's still like you have to find your rare candies with this weird Obstagoon line, and you have to manually attach these Sableyes twice. Yeah. So it just seems like a tall order to me uh, to get running. And this is another deck that Brady and I have talked about because he's really fond of this deck. And I always ask him, like, you know, how, how are you getting this to work? Like, what is your. <laughs> What is your black magic did you like oh, you, just, you just don't gas man you just always have it <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense and i never have it so yeah right right no, I, I never it is something it. i've never had uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i have never obtained that <laughs> so whatever it is you might have it i don't so you know give me another alternative <laughs> it doesn't usually have one <laughs> that's funny that's good cool all right well I think that is a good cursory overview of the standard format. We'll we'll keep uh, as as we learn new things, as we try new things, as we see new things. Uh, we will keep expanding that list uh, because we don't go live with Sword and Shield for another what two weeks? Is that correct? Yeah, it'll be that second second week. Second of week. Yeah. Okay. So we still have another couple weeks here to uh, to stew on uh, Sword and Shield standard. And stew we shall. And stew we shall. So. Uh, we'll open up the floor guys to any, uh, questions from the chat at this point. Um, we want to finish this cast talking about our year that we've had. As you guys know, the tag team podcast has been together for a year. This we're going to celebrate today, January 29th, 2020, as our one year anniversary now, whether we began, you know, two weeks ago, a year ago, I, you know, whatever, whatever we're celebrating it today. And that's all that matters. So we're pretty close to exactly a year if it's not exact. Yeah. I I mean, you know, pat yourself on the back. I mean, we didn't like count the days, you know, but thank goodness that Julius Caesar put in place a calendar that makes total sense. That is accurate to within (laughs) a quarter of a day that we can rely on to keep actually time. a little bit more than a quarter of a day or like less a quarter well it's a quarter of a day per year approximately well actually every 100 years you don't have a leap year oh really yeah so the year like 2000 1900 etc oh that's fun that's fun <laughs> that's kind of cool i didn't know that yeah i just yeah. uh i know that this year's a leap year it is. So we get an extra day this year, which is kind of cool. I don't know how I'm going to spend it yet, but I got some plans. I got some plans. You got like your leap year party planned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I got some thoughts, you know, I, you know me, I always got some thoughts. <laughs> it's on a Saturday, man. You can celebrate. That's what I'm saying. You trying to come over? <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to just lay on a leap year. Right. That's actually Collinsville. What's that? 
The 29th. Oh, the 29th is Collinsville? Yeah. Dang. You hate to see it. <laughs> Are you going to go to Collinsville? On, right on the 29th. I, I'm not going to go, I don't think. Oh, well, yeah. that's a dang shame. It sure is. It sure is. Um, but looking back here through chat, um, thank you guys all for lurking. And we have a few people that, uh, that mentioned that they are just lurking. We, we are so appreciative of your viewership. Really, uh, really, really just, uh, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for the, for the viewership. Um, Alex G says, why not play Delmize and expanded with Zacian over something like we were a little bit, uh, talking about the Galarian Perserker. Uh, Delmize, absolutely an option, Alex. Uh, well, I, talk, I was talking about them both, though. Like, sure, sure. You know, I, I mentioned Delmize first, but I'm like, if you really want to swing for the fences, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can play both and go to like four million damage. Yeah, right. Um, Riley, do you like ability baby blounds or greens baby blounds for, I assume, current standard? Right. I, I think greens is probably more consistent um, by a fair margin. But what I like about ability is it can play Picarom or it can play Mew to help with Picarom. Because Picarom can actually get pretty scary if they just like do an early stamp plus full blitz to active. Right. That's really tough for a green blounds deck to deal with because it's hard right. to get more than two things on board at a time. Two attackers on board. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, a ability deck, not only will it have a more wide bench in general, mm -hmm. but it will have access to Mew without sacrificing its core engine. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good points there. So, yeah, if, you're, if your metagame is very uh, Mewtwo-centric or if there's a threat of Mewtwo, then, you know, that might decide your, your deck choice there. Um Personal. I think you oh, meant sorry. to say Picaron. Or P what did I say? You said Mewtwo. Oh yeah, no Picaron. That's what I meant to say. So if your if your metagame has a lot of Mewtwo, that might decide the deck that you choose because maybe you have to play Mew for that metagame. Um, going back to the year in review, Riley, uh, we've had some significant personal accomplishments. You know, I think uh, I think we all know what those are. But, you know, it's been good to have this kind of uh, soundboard for ideas. And I, I know for me personally, I've gotten more just, I don't know, speaking about metagames and speaking about deck ideas and, and choices and things like that uh, has really helped shape me as a player. So that's been great. Um, in terms of accomplishments for the cast, what, what do you think have, have been some of, our, some of our best things? Looking back in the year, what, what are some of the things that you look back and you're really proud of? that we've done this year? I mean, there's plenty of things, I think, really positive that came out of the podcast and just generally our, our partnership and working together. Um, I mean, obviously, we've, we've both gotten our fair share of achievements under our belt in just the game itself in the past year with my top four at Collinsville, your regional championship win, and I also got a you know a little sneaky top thirty-two worlds in there as well. A little sneaky, yeah. You just snuck that right in there. <laughs> so you know we brought home some glory for the cast, which has felt really good. It feels really satisfying to like come together as a team and be able to to have those accomplishments under our belt. Mm -hmm. uh, but even besides that, I think the thing that sticks out to me the most um, is is when I go to events and people come up to me. Um, specifically i think of portland there were a couple people that i met while i was there who told me how much of a positive impact the podcast had on them and their not only their experience and growth as a player but um just generally they enjoyed it they liked the way we talked the banter we had and so that's something that i personally i love taking that kind of stuff home and like i'm always quick to tell you like oh you know i met someone so nice and they said something about our podcast and i thought that was really awesome. And I've actually yeah. received really warm welcomes. It's made it easier to transition into my local community because they they might listen to some of my content or be familiar with, with me either through my achievements or through my content. And it's made that the whole process of moving easier. It's made me feel more connected with my friends back home because, you know, I'm basically FaceTiming with one of my friends back home for at least an hour every week. And that yeah. feels really good. Yeah. Uh, 
is there anything that like jumps out to you as something that we've achieved or been able to to get done through the podcast well i think for me and it's something that just i am i have a proclivity to be lazy i have a proclivity to be um you know to push things off to me too honestly uh i don't know to to delay doing anything you know i mean i mean it could be anything you know and that's just that's just my nature and i have to fight against that uh daily i have to fight against that yearly um but doing this cast together i mean it's really uh been kind of this one thing every week that i know that i do at this time and just the consistency of that is is huge for me um and i think is huge for the cast in the sense that you see other people you know and and this is not again this is not like bashing anyone but you see just other people make either podcasts or they make you know content or they try to stream or you know x y and z they do something um and then through whatever reason be it you know laziness be it personal uh things that come up be it you know a lack of interest be it you know some some emergency or whatever it is they fall off that wagon and i think that this cast has kind of reinvigorated me and and helped me in like other areas of my life to say okay, you're doing this very consistently. I think you can do this other thing very consistently. And so that's like a personal takeaway from this that- uh, you No, know, I actually, I feel like I can relate to that pretty deeply as well. Yeah. You know, this is the one, I'm definitely one who will cancel plans, who will like just sit at home and do nothing very happily. And it's been nice because it keeps you accountable as well, right? Like we're even if we both have that tendency we're both counting on each other to be there and that's what that's what forced me to do it right sometimes sometimes i it's really hard for me just to just to force myself to do something but i'm like well you know i can't let jw down right now like we are (laughs) right i'll jump on and then i have a great time every time i do it right and it it's forced me to like come out of my shell a little bit like i I'll more, I'm more willing to like just jump out of my comfort zone and less likely to, to cancel things when I like I get invited to some random board game nights and I'll just go now. Um, but even then, it's like the regiment of it has made regimenting my life overall easier. You know, I know I'm going to podcast on Wednesdays, so I work out Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday, and it's kind of like built around my the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and it's helped keep me consistent and yeah. like have my life have structure and i feel like an adult (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of weird so if you if you were listening to this cast at home and riley talk directly to the viewers um what what would you tell somebody that wants to do something like maybe something like what we're doing or just creating content for pokemon tcg or just doing something do you have any any inspirational like paragraph soliloquy that you want to give to somebody yeah i i'd be happy to share some thoughts and i i would also invite you to do the same once i'm finished i think i think ultimately anyone has the potential to make something great whether that be content or you know some art or really whatever you're interested in be great at pokemon it's it's all about investing into it, being happy what you're doing and and channeling that passion, right? So there have been plenty of times when I've wanted to like try new things or learn new things and I've gotten discouraged or not wanted to put the work in and I end up dissatisfied with the product and leave it out to dry, basically. Um, I tried to learn guitar several times. I did end up learning ukulele, but guitar always like escaped me. Mm-hmm. On the flip side though, like, I've also tried to make content all sorts of times and it was never really working out. But then having that accountability that comes with doing the podcast, I felt really satisfied with how it's come together because we put so much time into it. We get to brainstorm every week. We get to feel good about what we're doing and we get to contribute. And I think the thing that makes that work is I'm passionate about it. I've wanted to create something that gives back to the Pokemon community for a long time now. And 
that passion gets channeled. And I think that's the important part is you, you can't just be passionate. You have to be willing to like channel that passion and, yeah. and move it in a productive way instead of keeping it inside of you. Yeah. So I guess ultimately the message I'm getting at is find the thing that gets you excited and gets you passionate. And even though it won't always be exciting, it might, there are going to be boring parts of exciting things. It just find the, that thing that excites you and work on that thing. Sure. You know, this might not be the best, single best podcast in all of history or in the world, but it's something that's fun, and I and I enjoy making it, and it has had a positive impact on my life, and I hope it has on some of yours. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would totally agree with everything that you said. For me, it's just been that discipline that's been huge. Discipline is just like a muscle, just like any other muscle. It's just like any other attribute, any other personality trait um, that you need to work on, and you need to hone, and you need to. Um, just just you know take it to the gym every week you know and so that's that's what we've been able to do that's what i've been able to do uh through this podcast is just work on the discipline aspect of it and um like you said there will be boring times in anything that you do be it work be it uh art be it play be it you know uh anything anything uh and so having that discipline to push through is what separates good from great uh, and then even more so, like, great from legends. And I'm not saying that we're legends. I'm not even saying that we're great, and I am not even saying that we are good. But the level of discipline that you have is how you attain great results. And so um, that's, been, that's been amazing. Through this podcast, just developing, flexing that discipline muscle um, has been huge. So... That was that was great. Yeah, personal accomplishments. Anything for the vision of the cast, Riley, moving forward, the vision of the podcast, anything that you want to um, see heading into this next, I mean, I, I presume year. I mean, for me, yeah. you know, the next year, I have no intention of, uh, of quitting. But anything that you see for moving ahead into the future that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of alluded to this before. I've been really satisfied and i still am with the place that we've gotten to as far as like i think the quality is good you know we can hone out things here and there and we're acutely aware of that probably more than anyone else um but i like the quality of the content if nothing else like mm -hmm. you know things little things here and there can continue to be improved what i want to continue to work on improve um even just like small personal things like my own speaking ability and making sure that things stay. And I think actually I've done a great job at growing at this, but I want to continue to grow at it and improve and get better. But besides that, I want to take it in more creative directions as well. I think we've set up a really strong base for ourselves and I'd love to use that base to build up in interesting directions. So maybe that means, I mean, it can mean all sorts of things. It could mean, interviewing more people and having more banter going and taking advantage of the rapport that we've built up to interact with other people in a meaningful way that is more than just like champion interviews. Um, or it could be something like we just pursue more creative projects and more, not necessarily outside the podcast, but like even within the podcast, like more creative episodes that like channel that energy and, and continue to make it interesting and, and unique and something that stands out that you want to keep coming back to. Right. And I've mulled this over quite a lot. I've put a lot of like thought and ideas and JW and I have bounced ideas back more than once, um, and more than twice even, I'll say. <laughs> Perhaps more than three times. I don't want to get crazy though. And, <laughs> and so I don't know exactly what that'll look like, but I, I do want to take it in like some more creative angles and find more approaches that make it interesting, not just to me, but as someone who would listen to it and be engaged and want to listen to more of that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, there are little minor tweaks that I want to make. Um, but I think just the, the biggest thing, uh, especially in this last like latter half of the, of the year, maybe even latter third of the year is just increasing the, the engagement uh, across all platforms and I think specifically of, of Twitter uh, and Twitch here but just increasing the engagement because we want to hear from the viewers um, we want to hear from the people that listen like uh, if it's impacting you and if it is impact if the podcast is impacting you by how much and, and in what in what ways because that's really just good feedback so uh, to have you know 
the the engagement and the following uh, growing continually on Twitter and on Twitch is, is always huge to just draw new people in, to let them know what we're doing, what we're providing, um, and how we can potentially help them. That That's kind of what I want to see just in the future of the cast is just growing that engagement because, um, you know, if we don't know uh, what's on your mind, you know, we can't really, we can't really talk about it. So having that is just a huge thing uh, for me, just being able to, to really tap into the heart of, of the Pokemon trading card game community. So very good. We have one last thing that we want to talk about. Uh, and Riley, I am just as excited as you are about this, but uh, we will be hosting one more, well, not one more, this is not our last, but we'll be hosting another giveaway here coming up for our one year anniversary. So please look out on Twitter. If you're not already following us at tag team Pokemon on Twitter, uh, you can find us there. Uh, and then of course, if you're following either me, me or Riley on Twitter, uh, that is where we will be doing this giveaway. So we will for sure be retweeting this, but, um, look out for another giveaway. We will be giving away a Zacian and Zamazenta V at some point in the future, just to commemorate our one year of podcasting. So we wanted to do that with the release of Sword and Shield with the one year anniversary of the cast. We thought that this might be a very cool, uh, giveaway to do for, um, for our listeners, we had our full art red and blue that we gave away maybe a month or two ago, and that was a huge success. And so we want to keep that train rolling with a new giveaway. So look out for that in the next week or so. But for now, we are signing off. Uh, I'm JW Crewall. Riley Holbert obviously is my co-caster. And uh, we just thank you for a great year. It's really been full of a lot of highs for us. And I echo everything Riley said in terms of uh, one of the most meaningful things has been to hear from you guys uh, personally and meeting the listeners of the cast who say, hey, I really loved what you've done and keep it up. That is one of the biggest things uh, that I've taken away from this year. So thank you guys all for being listeners, for being viewers. Thank you for giving us five-star ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get us now across all platforms. So make sure if you uh, don't already have us downloaded on your favorite platform that you do that right now and give us a good review. We thank you so much for that. That is the cast, you guys. We appreciate it so much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. <laughs>